My name's Shaquan, but a lot of people know me by my other name, Mad Skills. I'm an MC. My name is Mad Skills. Now let's make some noise. I'm a DJ. Oh, yeah. I'm a ghostwriter for some of your favorite rappers. I'm not about to tell you who, though. But most importantly, I'm a hip-hop enthusiast. Hip-hop confessions is raw, unfiltered conversations with my friends revealing things that they didn't like, never knew about, I don't know, or never got into about hip-hop culture. So sit back. Oh, come on, y'all. Turn up the volume. Hip-hop. And listen to hip-hop confessions. Because everybody's got one. Here's a little story that must be told. And it goes a little something like this. this, this, this. Yo, what's up, world? It's your boy, Mad Skills. We are back. This is my podcast, Hip Hop Confessions, where I bring in industry alikes and friends and veterans of the game, people who understand what the culture of hip hop is meant to, you know, all of us growing up and as, you know, kids and as grown adults. And I get them to confess something, you know, that they've never told, uh, music related, hip hop related, something of that sort. In other words, I get them to give up a hip hop confession. I got one of my guys on the line, man, one of my favorite DJs, favorite B-boys. Uh, he an MC, too, you know what I mean? Pioneer in the mixtape game, you know what I mean? And just one of my favorite people all around, man. I love rocking to his parties. Yeah, I done been to plenty of, you know, Toka Tuesdays in New York, mm-hmm. man. Listen, I-, I love this guy, man. I got my brother DJ Tony Touch in the building. What's up, bro? Yo, my dude. Love you, Skills. How are you, What's man? up, man? Oh, I'm great, man, you know. Living the dream, bro. Living the dream. Hey, listen, man. We we still here and we still doing what we love, man. We can't complain at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's what I mean, man. I'm alive today. All praise to the most high. And uh, yeah, living the dream, bro. We still at it. Yeah, man. Where you at? You in New York right now or are you moving out? Because I know you be gigging like crazy. like. Yeah. No, so you I, in the I, city? New York, yeah. Home base, man. Never okay. left. As bet, far as, bet. you know, residential-wise, I, I, I'm a New Yorker to the heart, B. Right. I get it. I get it, man. So listen, yeah. man, Um, you know, for me, you know, some of my earliest memories of you, you know what I mean? Because I didn't know back in the day, like, you know, when I saw, when I, I think when I, we first met sometime in the 90s, like, you used to break dance. Mm. You know what I mean? You was a breaker, like heavy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was... Later on, when I saw, you know, DJ Tony Touch, I was like, oh, shit, that's the same. That's He was at the Rock Steady. He was at the Rock Steady in the park with us. That's right. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Stuff. Like, I'm the, yeah, so 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 was that your first foray into hip-hop, uh, breakdancing? Yes. Yeah. That me, was, me too. That was my first love, I think, for a lot of us, you know? In the yeah. early 80s, guys my age, you know, <clears throat> we was around in the early 80s watching this whole renaissance take place, man. It was like... It was so much energy in the city from like late 70s through the early 80s. And this art form was, was born. And um, I right away gravitated to the dance element because, you know, my mom, you know, she used to go clubbing and we used to have a lot of house parties, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of Latin music in the house party. So right. dancing was like part of the family that you had to know how to dance in this family, you know, right. Whether it was salsa or something, <clears throat> my mother was into disco. So she used to know how to hustle. And, you know, I used to just watch all this. So I gravitated to the dance element, you know, soaking it up preteen, you know? Yeah. And um, once that, once I saw Rocksteady in the movie flash dance, I was like, Oh, this is it. You know yeah, what I mean? Those kids from my hood, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I was like seeing 
me on the screen, like right. you know, young Puerto Rican. You never seen that, you know, coming up. Damn, I forgot. Rarely saw Flashdance. Yeah, yeah. You rarely saw like Hispanics in any movie or whatever. Right. So when I seen them steal the spotlight in this film, Crazy Leg. Shout out to Frosty Freeze. Rest in peace, Ken Swift. Um, yeah, Buck uh, Four. Uh, 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 Buck Buck Four was it? Who? Um, Normsky, another one yeah. who started started the scene off. You know, Mister Freeze. Yeah, I mean, I seen these guys. I was like, wow, man. Ever since then, I, I it's been straight like tunnel vision with right. this whole hip hop thing. Right. Yeah, man. Nah, man, that's super dope. I I totally forgot that oh, yeah. um Rocksteady was in a. Flash dance, like yeah, yeah. It's only like a minute and a half long. Yeah, but it was enough for us to see that. It was crazy. The greatest scene in, in movie history for me. It's One funny because it's funny because a lot of people don't know, and I peeped it early. And then when I went back and looked at the the uh, you know the, the the backstory of the film, uh, New York City Breakers was in Sixteen Candles, but they cut their part out. So mm. when you see them in the beginning, they're actually in the classroom as like students. So really? New York City Breakers are in Sixteen Candles. Like you see, oh, like wow. uh, yeah, a couple of them. Uh, action, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, uh, 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 uh Pex, powerful Pex, yeah, powerful Pex. Yeah, yeah, like it's a couple of them that was in. They in Sixteen Candles. You see them walking down the hallway with Molly Ringwald on the other side of the hallway. Because you know, as a as a you know, from back then, we was going to see our people way before we saw the stars of the movie or whatever. You're like, yo, that's my man. Like, I grew up with him. Or wow. They was in B Street. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, that's nah, insane. they was in 16 Candles. I got to check that. I didn't even know that, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, nah, super crazy, man. That is so, crazy, So, so dancing started first, you know what I mean? And you are, you know, yeah. you like I said, you, you've you done it all. You, you've you emceed, you've DJed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You started out as a break dancer. But, you know, for the most part, you know, when you came to a lot of people in the public's attention, it was for, you know, an ingenious idea that you had for, for to set yourself apart from a lot of other mixtape DJs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You were, you know, you were known for having a mixtape with 50 rappers mm-hmm. on the mixtape. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like... Crazy. How did that idea... What made you even have that idea to even yeah. do that? Because that was... You was already thinking ahead of the game back then. Yeah. How did that idea birth in your head? I'll tell you, the one there was a couple of elements that 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 pushed that 50 MCs into place. First, I was approaching my 50th mixtape. I would basically I didn't really have fancy names for my cassettes. I just numbered them like one through mm-hmm. hip hop one, hip hop. Easy way two. to remember them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a collector, easy way to see what's up, see what you're missing. You know, a lot right. of guys will come up with these fancy names like volume one, two, and three, and then they'll come up with a whole new name. So the catalog is all over the place. It's hard to keep up. I kept mine numbered one through. So I was approaching tape 50. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I got to make this a special one, you know? And uh, the year before, I, I put that out in 96, but in 1995, uh, my brother Duop put out a mixtape called yeah, 95 Live was his the name of his tape. And Bounce, um, man. yeah. And he put out this this cassette where he was always known for his intros, you know, mm-hmm. where he would be him and sometimes Bounce Squad, like Snagglepuss, and he'd have different people in his crew. They would do like the intros to his tapes. 
Um, but he took it a step further. He did this like 25 minute intro um, with like, you know, at least half, at least half a dozen big name MCs like KRS, Q-Tip, you know, uh, I think Busta Rhymes is on some it. Heavy, like some heavy hitters. Heavy hitters, 25 minute intro that was like. Pfft. Right. Mind he, blowing. I remember yeah. that. He changed the game with it. He raised the bar. And I remember changed... my favorite, my favorite rapper back in those days on Duops mixtapes was Snagglepuss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. because I, you know, being the yeah. age that we was, you remember the cartoon character. That's and, right. You know, I could, I could visually see this guy because I never knew what he looked like. Because you know, back then it won't no videos for mixtapes. It's just you just rocking, unless they put the person on the cover, but. Snagglepuss was probably like my favorite, you know, punchline MC. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, yeah, no, it was genius, stuff. man. It was genius. Yeah. So they had this whole movement going on. Shout out to Duop. Uh, to this to this day, we we mad tight, you know. But he put out that '95 live, and I was like, wow, he raised the bar. And then uh, I said, okay, my 50 MCs, psh, my 50th mixtape, I'm gonna get 50 rappers on mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna wow. raise the bar even higher. Right. And I made a whole I, I made a whole cassette of it. It wasn't just an intro, you know, and um, yeah, that's how that, that that's how that came into place, man. So, so you know, just jumping around, you know, what I mean, like like I said, uh, you you definitely were, you know, are and still are a very popular DJ, you know, what I'm saying in, in the culture. So from breakdancing to DJing, you know, like I said, it's a few of us that have always done something hip hop related. We might have rap, but it's very few of us that have done like all four. You know what I'm saying, mm. and did it well. You know what I'm saying, and, and you are one of those people who definitely had a, more than two or three elements of the culture and did it well. So, mm. what turned you? What was the thing? Because I, you already told me about how you fell in love with dancing and you had mm-hmm. to dance in the house. How did DJing come about for you? DJing came about actually. I was I was rapping first, and I was part of this crew because back in '84, my parents moved down to Florida. Uh, Orlando, Florida. And uh, so I went to high school out there, met a bunch of New Yorkers that were out there. A lot of Puerto Ricans moved in from the island also at that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was this community out there and I connected with some folks. We were all B-boys. My boy, a couple of us were DJ, you know, a couple of guys were DJs in the crew. So I became like the MC of the crew. Like we had thrown parties, so I'm like the host of the party. I do my raps or whatever while mm-hmm. my boy Arcade be cutting up and I'd be like, you know, doing my little rap. That's a dope name, Arcade. I never heard of the name. Yeah, that's, that's my dope. man Arcade. Yeah, Vinny. Vinny was a true B-boy. I, I took after him because he was a dope DJ, dope B-boy, and an incredible graffiti artist. Mm. But he couldn't rhyme. So he's like, okay. we connected. He liked my personality. He's like, yo, just, you know, get on the mic, you know, hype me up the way. Right. The original formula was, you know, DJ, MC, just kind of like hyping the party rocking, up. Rocking it up. Yeah, so that was my first thing, the MCing. But I used to be looking at Vinny and looking at them turntables like, damn. Oh, I just became more and more mesmerized right. watching him work this gear, you know? And I took, I took a liking to that. And then I used to go out to these team parties and go clubbing, you know, in the, in the early 80s and... and a lot of the DJs just used to disappoint, you know, for me mm-hmm. as a dancer. Like, I just, as a dancer, I wasn't, I wasn't getting fed, right. you know? Right. And I was like, 
I just gotta, eventually gotta was like, yeah, I just got to do my own thing. I want to do my own party, play the records I want to hear, and that the dancers I know are going to want to hear. Right. And that's how the DJ thing came into place, you know, because I, I just felt like a lot, of, a lot of them was cheating the dancers out of, you know, out of their they groove. And uh, I became DJ and party promoter at the same time. Yeah, because yeah, cause sometimes when, when, you, when you go that, that deep and ex- extreme, and you like, yo, I want to create my own vibe. I want people, I think it's people that'll enjoy what I do. And yeah. or this this is what's missing in the marketplace. Let's start this. Like, yeah. like, you know, like you ended up doing with, with Toka Tuesdays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so that seed was planted pretty early for you then. Yeah, I was like 15, 16. Wow. Renting out ballrooms at like these holiday <laughs> inns or whatever, right. charging like five dollars, if that much, right. to get into the party. 100, you know, 150 kids, high school kids coming to the gym. You know, we walking out with $1,000 at 15 years old. Right, that's good money. I was like, yo. I'm this, rich. This is it. I'm rich. I ain't never, this is it for me. You and know? this so, is when you was down in Florida? This was in Florida. But I used to be okay. back and forth to New York every few months, to, either to right. buy records or my Christmas vacation or summer vacation. Mm-hmm. I'd spend my summers. Summer of 85, summer of 86, summer of 87. You're back all, in the city. That's all New York. I was just in school in Florida. And, 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 you know, so that's what that was. But, um, yeah, and then when I graduated high school in 87, psh, I was out. I came back to the city to really um, pursue this dream and, and, and really try to make a mark. You know? That's dope, so man. I played out. Yeah, man. So it's been all, been blessings ever since, man. I've been DJing since... 85 was when I really, you know, my, wow. I had somebody I had somebody lend me their DJ equipment just so I could learn. And shout out to my brother in, in Orlando. His name is Willie Wiz, my brother Wiz. And he was uh, tapped in with like Magic Mike and all that. Mm-hmm. So I that knew like- The movement. Yeah, I was, I was tapped in with Magic Mike and even like Uncle Luke and MC Shy D and all this like stuff happening in the South in like mid 80s, you know? I was part of that movement. Also, that whole bass movement coming up. Yeah, that was big. Crazy, you know. That so, was big. Um, yeah, but '85 I started DJing, so I'm I'm 37 years in it. Damn, DJing, throwing almost, parties. Almost about to hit 40 at 40 years of DJing. 40 That's years crazy. of DJing, bro, and and yeah, 2025, bro, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, that's we we, we got to celebrate that one, man. Yeah, Whatever 40 years, have. bro. Whatever you have for that anniversary, let me know. Yeah. Hey, but up. I wear it well, Papa. Today's yeah. 50s, not yesterday's yeah. 50. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So, so you you're doing you you know you you've done your breakdancing thing you you know me, but the DJing bug has caught you early, and you realize that this is really what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Your mixtapes come out, you're doing your thing, and you know a lot of people call when do you you know outside of New York? You know what I'm saying? And when you drop the Peacemaker. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, I think that was on, was it Tommy Boy you did that record on? Yeah, yeah, that was Tommy Boy Records. That was back in 2000. Yeah, how dropped- was that experience going from, okay, like, I've, I've legit done mixtapes. Yeah. You know, people know me from that, but now this this is a, I'm I'm almost like an artist on, yeah. a, on a, with a national recording deal. So how, how did that, how did that change things for you? Yeah, I kind of, it was such a smooth transition because, by the time I got the deal on Tommy Boy Records, I had just dropped my third 
installment of the 50 MCs. Mm -hmm. So I was already in album mode for all these years. Cause right. I was, those were basically albums, you know, I was making. Um, and I did three of those. Uh, 1999 is when I dropped 50 MCs, you know, part three. Mm -hmm. um, so I was already like on that treadmill. I was just in that lane already. And then, of course, with the success of the DJ Clue album, which mm -hmm. came out before mine. The professional. And, yeah, and even before that, Funk Master Flex, um, 60, 60 minutes. minutes of Funk. Yeah. yeah. Those two albums did very well commercially. And yeah. The labels are now interested. They in rocking with DJs, tapping in with mixtape DJs now, and doing a whole uh, project. I was like next in line to, to get to. to Damn, you know, that's, I mean, it's not a play, play. Right after you know, Clue and Flex. Yeah, I was like you know third in line with that. You know, Duop also had a deal in place at Virgin, which you know I'm not sure you know went left with, with the with merges and you right. know stuff that happens. But yours, the, yours saw the, you know, yours saw the light of day, you know what I'm saying? And, and um, um, you know, yeah, you got a, a pretty a crazy single with, with I think it was featuring Total. Yeah, and that, and that was album, the first That album sold some units. Like, that shit, that shit went up. Like, that was a yeah. big deal down in VA. I remember. Like, wow. Man, yeah, was it was rocking. just, it, it was just short of gold. It was like four and change, you know? Right, 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 right. Uh, not quite gold, you know? Maybe but when right I kick, maybe when I kick the bucket later in life, it'll it'll hit gold. Something, you know? <laughs> who knows? Right, but uh, right. it we're close. We were close, man. We did some great, respectable numbers in terms of like industry big head, you know, big wigs looking at it like, oh, all right, you know. I put yeah. in that work. I had the relationships already had in the place. Relationships, yeah. Between the whole, you know, Wu Tang, between the Terror Squad, between Cypress Hill, between Eminem and. That's the first time we heard a D12 record was on my mm -hmm. album. I was the first D12, you know, being presented. Um, right. So I was tapped in with all these crews already. So it just it fell into place, man. Real blessing. That's hard, man. That's pretty yeah, dope, man. man. Yeah, you know, thanks, I, I, Like man. I said, I remember that journey. It, it definitely moved in VA, you know. You know, I remember, you know, catching you at a couple couple spots down here. You yeah. And every now and then you you might hit a, a homecoming or some something like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh shit, like touch like rocking. And, and then I remember the next time I saw you might have been we ran into each other. I was touring with Jeff at the time, and mm. uh, we ran into each other in like Europe or somewhere. And they they were like, yeah, you know, it was a festival. It was one of them zook out festivals or some shit, Australia right. or something. And they like, yeah, you know, you guys are on tonight. You know, we got Tony Touch tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, shit, Touch is here? Like, and you pulled up to our gig and yeah. fucking just hung out and shit. Like, you and yeah, Jeff kicked yeah. it. That's right. Yeah, we ran into each other at a few places, I think. Yeah. Region, in and the then, Middle East. Yeah, and yeah, like Asia. Yeah, all like, over. Yeah. yeah, nah, man, it was a good run, man. Like, crazy. I had That's fun right. in those days. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, man, the chemistry you and Jeff had is, is unmatched, you know? It was so good, yeah, man. man. I, I, I really enjoyed that. You guys had it. You guys had such a great chemistry. I really enjoyed watching you guys. And even before that, I remember you were Rocksteady Anniversaries. Yeah. I remember the WMC battles. I used to mm -hmm. be on the side watching you destroy yeah. every rapper in your path. I was just like, <laughs> wow, man. And to think, you know, you know, 30 plus years later, you know, we're, we're yeah. still tight, you know, at least yeah. going on 30 years, you know? Yeah, no, and, man, uh, listen, I tell my friends all the time, like, you know, as much as as they be like, yo, you know, every year, you know, Skills gonna do his wrap-up, Skills gonna drop his wrap-up, you can count on it. 
I'm like, every year I can count on Tony Touch hitting me between Christmas and That's like right. new, but between twenty the twenty fifth and the twenty eighth, it don't matter what That's my right. phone number is, what as long as my email is saying, I'm gonna right. hear from Toka. Like yo, skills. I found you, bro. <laughs> like yo, you know my tradition, bro. Every year I gotta play your song first on my radio show, bro. Like, yeah, is it ready? I'm like, yeah, and it's funny because you'll hit me in the, you usually would hit me in the instance. I'm like, I'm like touch. I'm in the studio right now, like on bar 16. You'd be like, all right, well, as soon as you mix it down, bro, bro, I'm here, papa. Like, yeah, I was on like, that, man. I was on <laughs> for it. For years. And, yeah. People knew, like, and on my radio show, I was, I was always one of them top three people that was premiering, premiering your uh, wrap-ups, you know, for the last, you know, going on 10 years. I was yeah. right there, you know. And, you know, commercial radio... I mean, maybe the mix shows were hitting it. I don't know. Like, I know we're getting, but they'd have to clean it up and all that. Yeah, yours was straight. You get the you got the like, official tissue. Got the official tissue on my radio show. Usually, first of the three DJs to premiere it in the world. You know, so yeah. Thanks nah, for man. keeping me on that radar, Papa. Nah, man. Listen, I appreciate <laughs> the love, man. You you was there from day one. Like, you know, yeah. what I'm saying when I used to have to ask people, like. Yo, man, can you play my song? It was never an issue with you. You were always back. Yo, send me the joint skills. Like, I got That's you. Right. Like, and, I, you know, people, it was always, you know, that was a, the time and space where even if I didn't hear it, somebody might tag me or like, yo, skills, they rocking you on, on Shade for it. Like, they rocking your joint. Like, Tokop got you in the mix. He done brought that joint back like three times. That's like, right. listen, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, everybody got family or friends everywhere. Sure. You know what I mean? So you always going to hear about it. But, um. Yeah, man, I always thought that was love, and I appreciate it so much, man. Yeah, Thank man. You, man. Feelings I had a good run bro. with that joint. I'm done now, but I, I heard. Yeah, so what'd you do? It. Twelve of them? Thirteen? Twenty? Or oh, damn? Twenty? Oh, <laughs> dub. Where does a year go, man? Yeah, a whole. Well, I've been dub. on. I've been on Shave Forty Five for going on seventeen years. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Got, that was right there. Damn, yeah, twenty. Jeez, where did I get twelve from? Yeah, nah, I did, huh. I did a whole dub. So. Good, man. Yeah, man. We still here. So listen, brother, the podcast is called Hip Hop Confessions, so we going to yeah. get into it. Yeah. Tony Toka. Let's go. I need your hip hop confession. What is your hip hop confession, sir? Okay. A lot of people ask me, and you brought it up very early in the interview about this 50 MCs project that I did. Right. You know, back in 96. Classic joint. And lot, most question is like, how did I pull that off? Like, how did you even make this tape? Like... I have relationships out there, but I wasn't really tapped in like that. It was still 95, 96, still like in the mixtape circuit, making a decent name for myself, but wasn't really, you know, I wasn't on the radio. I was, I was getting my work in the club, so I was out there somewhat. Um, and throughout the years, I used to fly myself out to all these rap conventions. Yeah, how you know, can I be down? And, all of them. I used to yeah. just buy my own ticket. Gavin. <laughs> All of them. And just to be in the place, you know, giving out my cassette was like a business card. So right. give out 100, 200 cassettes to industry heads, rappers, whatever. And also record drops. You know, I used to get all these yeah, drops. Yeah, I had to people. get those. With the little portable, yo, give me a drop. One of those guys. Right. Right. So I had a good amount of relationships by, by, by 96. But to pull off the 50 MCs, uh, one of my secrets, and I'm going to this is my confession was that I used to book uh, a room in the studio called D&D Studios. Oh, they classic, had, yeah. Yeah, they had three rooms. I used to get the D room, which is the real small one, 
wasn't the greatest sounding room, but it got the job done. You know, mm-hmm. I had this mic, I had the Neumann, I had the small, you know, SSL, whatever, the board. And mm-hmm. We was we was rocking in that room, you know. Um, actually, no, that didn't have the SSL. That had the other other board. But I was able to go in there and record. And um, a lot of the, a big part of how I got the 50 MCs done was I used to just book studio time just to be in the, in the building, just to be there. I would block like eight hours at D&D mm-hmm. and, and, and not have any session in place. I would just post up. And obviously while I'm there, I'm calling people, yo, I'm in the studio. Can you come down? I'm here. Right. I'm here. I'm here. Cause a lot of this is done. was like on the, on the, like, Quick you know, fast. everybody's, everybody's running around. So like to plan stuff was a little difficult, especially if they ain't getting paid, you know, right. I'd be they like, yo, I'm in, yeah, I'm in D and D man. You know, why don't you come through? And by then, D&D had a great name, you know, mm-hmm. so that would be a track, you know, people would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go over there. But a lot of times I didn't have sessions, but usually in the other rooms would be guys like DJ Premier or Boot Camp Click or, you know, there'd be like, right. the studio was always busy. Right. So I knew that, and a lot of people used to come to see Premier, come to see different people. Walt and, Walt and Evil yeah. was in there heavy. So here I am hanging out in the D room, being like, hey man, I'm working on this mixtape. You come into the room, drop some, you know, uh, some varsity. So a lot of times the tapes were made by people that just happened to be going to D D. Wow. To either work on another song or to pay premiere visit or to book studio time, whatever. And I took advantage of that location. So you will book sessions with no session? With no session. And I would just sit there. <laughs> I mean, call it, I mean, I'd get some work done when I'm making, you know, make beats or, you know, I, I you know, still making the calls. And, but, uh, you know, and eight, eight out of 10 times, I would record something that day, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just so much traffic coming through D&D. And, uh, so you was kind of piggybacking on the A room and the B room and the C right. room. That's and right. hoping that somebody might slide through. That's right. That's how a lot. Damn, that's so how, that's how the majority of the mixtapes got made. Pretty much. Well, by the time I got to 50 MCs two and three, I had more relationships. Yeah, you popping in the streets by then. I had more clout. But that first one, yeah, bro. That first one was uh, was, Damn. was, was, was that's that. That's an investment because you could have just been like, yeah, oh, bro, spending, like, yeah, spending like spending 600 dollars a day or whatever. Five six hundred dollars a day just to have this room, you know. Um, wow. One particular session, and I'll, I'll you know, uh, I'll share this as well. Um, I was able to get Redman, Cannabis, and Mister Cheeks all in one day. Come do the fifty MCs for me. <laughs> right. How they were? They happened to be in the studio recording "Beast from the East." The Lost Boys oh, joined. Oh yeah! They were all in there, and one by one, Red, your Red Man, you know, come through, and he did something, and he kind of went off the head, but it came off great, you know. Right, right, right. He just freestyled it. Yeah, so did Mister Cheeks. Cannabis had something already kind of mapped out, and planned. Yeah, I think I had spoken to him already about it. Then so um, they so they then they were doing beats from the east, and you happened to just catch him on a whim. 
Yeah. Yo, I got another joint. Yo, you want to rock on? Yeah, that's crazy. Because they're sitting around smoking, talking shit. So I'm like, Already you know, laid their verses for that. Yeah, so I would lay that down. Like, hey, man, you know, I do my pitch. And, you know. <laughs> what was the pitch? How'd the pitch go? Give me the, if you saw me coming out of the A yeah. room and you was in the D room, how did, how did that pitch go? <laughs> the pitch would be like, hey, man, you know, a lot of them knew who I was, but maybe never did nothing with me or heard my name or, you know, but I would basically be like, you know, hey, I'm working on my 50th mixtapes, my anniversary. And then I would usually spit out some names, you know. Right. I, I already re- got. I already got him, 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 him. They recorded. You know, would you be down to be a part of this? Maybe a quick 16, you go off the head, whatever. And, but that was the pitch, you know, my 50th tape. And use some of the names I already had recorded. Hey, with, good business. Know? Good business. <laughs> the hustle is real. What was your biggest market outside of New York? Because I know a lot of New York MCs was on your mixtapes, but then you ended up getting people, you know, like, like Be Real, Cypress Hill, like you said, like, you know what I mean? So what was your biggest market? What was your second biggest market outside of New York? Mm. Give me a second. I gotta stop. I have a recording going here. I gotta stop. Hold on one okay, second. Bet, 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 one second. And we're back. Um the biggest session? What, 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 no, what was this, who's your biggest market outside of New York? Oh, biggest market. I would probably say Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, used to, I used to get some, I used to move some units out there, man. Uh, market Street, you know, they had yeah. all these spots back in the day. And I used to, Funko-Rama in particular was yeah. the name of the store. On uh, Market Street, my man Chino. You know, mm-hmm. he used to he used to push my yeah, stuff. Chino, heavy. Street, yeah. He used to drive up there, you know, every two weeks, bring a box like a hundred. You know. Just drop off. Crazy. Dude, now I'm in it. The evolution of the mixtape game. Yeah. You know, from, from actual cassettes to, you know, starting at cassettes to you know, to people getting raided by the feds. That's right. You know what I mean? It was a long process, but you know, that was the mixtape was the core of how we got music when we couldn't get it in stores. You know what I'm saying? It was still packaged well. It was, you know what I mean? It, it looked good, you know what I mean? When it went to when it went to CDs and then it went to dot coms. But right. the you know, it's it's a few it's a few mixtapes that I still have in in the cassette original form that, you know, were, were mm. probably some of the biggest ones. What what was your what so just as a mixtape DJ, hmm. like give me a couple of just your top mixtapes of all time, like not even yours, just ones yeah. that changed that, the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah there's a few of them. Well, Duop ninety five live for sure. Best the Biggie, Mr. C, Mr. C, yeah, that killed. Um, Clue, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the Clue stuff. You know, yeah, I remember. Show all. me the money was was hard. Like the, the Jada Kiss, that. Beanie Siegel battle stuff taking place Ooh, on man. his platform was huge. Yeah. you know. Um, and then of course, you know, SNS was heavy in the game. Right, yeah. G heavy in the game. And um, yeah. are you familiar with the mixtape documentary that I produce? No, uh, no. 
So about three, about two and a half years ago, I got approached by the people that did the Stretch and Bobito mm-hmm. documentary. And they wanted radio, to read- Radio to change lives. Yeah. Yes. So the team that put that film together was Stretch and Bob, Stretch Armstrong plugged me with them because <clears throat> they wanted to do something similar with me and recreate the 50 MCs. Like, oh, and, wow. And just do it on film. This turned into, uh, well, let me get Duop involved. We could do it together, make it a mm-hmm. Diaz Brothers thing so that I could, you know. Right. Uh, take some of the weight off, the workload off, and, uh, and, and, and just make it, I thought it would be more interesting. Right. That dominoed into, well, if we got Duop, we got to get Kid Capri involved somehow. Ron G, SNS, Clue. Right. And it snowballed into this film. And six months into the recording and producing of the film, we landed a deal with Universal, um, mm-hmm. Polygram. And they picked up the film from us. And then uh, Def Jam tapped in, and I produced the soundtrack on Def Jam. So Dope. this is all locked and loaded and completed and done. Um, but then the pandemic hit right when we were done filming. Right. Thank God, because I have to chase nobody for interviews. And then uh, during that time, we, you know, polished and, you know, tweaked the movie over and over again. But it's ready to go. And uh, the latest development of it is Tribeca Films uh, is doing a private screening for us next. Uh, not private because we're selling tickets, but Tribeca Films is doing a screening for the for it next week, April 7th in New York. I don't oh, know wow. if you're around for that. That's and dope. it's basically uh, the story being told, man. The whole the whole culture being, you know, KRS One is like my co-pilot. Mm-hmm. I'm not really doing the interviews. I'm kind of like navigating the film, right? Um, but you don't see me on screen interviewing people too much. It's kind of like people just talking and and everybody right. giving stories. Who kid? You know, D- what's the name of the film? Mixtape. Dope. That's DJ dope, drama. That's, the whole gonna, DJ. Yeah. That's gonna make a mark, man. Like. The DJ That's drama, the whole story, Clue talking about the puffy beef, uh, who kid talking about Big Pun kidnapping him, holding him at gunpoint. Yeah. Like we really get in, you know. And of course, we go back, Brucey e. B, Star Child. Right. So it's a story of its history, its impact, its its rise, the fall, the demise, the arrests, and right. how we and how we are. We, a lot of us came up out the ashes and still shining, and and That's living off of the mixtape uh you know foundation so the film is i'm really excited about it man we got this film premiering next next thursday i hope you can make it up april 7th tribeca films uh the album is on def jam so jada kiss is going to perform after the screening mm-hmm. i got him on the album <clears throat> i did a whole album on def jam bro i signed a deal with them at 50 years old wow <laughs> <laughs> crazy right and yeah. uh basically it's uh Think 50 MCs, but in Def Jam mode. Right. Def Jam artists from the past, Def Jam artists on, from the present, over vintage Def Jam beats. So I did this whole like mashup of like, like Jadakiss. <clears throat> like Jadakiss rhymes on Tonight's the Night. Uh, Rick, Ro- Rick Ross is on Paul Revere. Like, I got this crazy. Yeah, thing that's going dope. On. <clears throat> yeah, man. So that's happening, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned the the, the, the mixtape thing because the story ain't never really been told. There's been a bunch of documentaries out, music documentaries. Kind of just about, danced around it. 
You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like this is full head on the mixtape. Yeah, it was a it was a you know, it was a real thing in our culture. Like it was it was a way to for us to get to to the music that we weren't able to always get and they trickled down from state to state and yeah. you know, you you, <laughs> you made a dub from your cousin and you took it back to your hood and you played it at your house and then your homeboy heard it and he made a dub like a lot of people ate off of this, you know, yeah. and a lot of people fed Hell their yeah. families and we didn't have the internet. So this was the internet also. Mm-hmm. Radio stations around the world weren't playing this music. No. They were playing our mixtapes in France and Japan over here. Yeah. We were like this, this whole movement, <clears throat> which I think personally was responsible for bringing so much new music to the world and breaking new artists. You wouldn't have heard it if it wasn't for the mixtape. And I'm not just saying my mixtape. I'm just saying the whole mixtape culture as a whole. Like, you heard something fresh on anybody's tape. And it was the only way you could hear it. And once it got down, once you got an audience and it got down to personalized intros and drops and, you know what I mean, it was something special because it's like, I can only hear this here. You know what I'm saying? I can only get this from this person. And some of my favorites, man, like I told you, Clue, Show mm-hmm. me the money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Kid Capri, 52 Beats. That's right. You know what the mean? classic Ron of all classics. Yeah. The Bronji blend tape. You know what I'm saying? Spin Bad, best of the 80s. God bless him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, God bless his soul. Spin Bad, you know what yeah. I mean? The, those uh, Green Landing, it's just us and the guns. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's so many men that I was like, these stand alone. You know what I mean? Like, they're so creative. And once Cat started really, once the four-track came involved and Cats really got creative with the blends yeah. and Grandmaster yeah. Vic, and you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, bro, like, it, it was, you never heard those records that way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I never heard Stephanie Mills over in Peace the President yeah. until Kid. You know what I'm saying? But but the element that that I was like, this is some hip-hop shit. I know she was doing some R&B shit, yeah. but you know, hearing New Edition, a little bit of love over a breakbeat. You know what I mean? It just hit different in those times. That's right. You know what I'm That's saying? Right. Like, I'm, I, and every name you mentioned, I'm, I'm so happy that you're saying these names like Green Lantern and, and talking about, you know, Ron G or, or even like the four track. And, you mm-hmm. know, Gbo the Pro and Double R, they have their yeah. own like segment in this film because they really took that four track blending and they turned it into a whole science project now. Right. So all, the, all the DJs are like, what's going on here? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, how, how in the hell did they pull this off? Yeah, they're like, what's going on? So that's that's another example of how the bar kept getting raised mm-hmm. with this mixtape thing, you know? And then, of course, Clue with the exclusives, you know? Mm-hmm. And K-Slay. 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 My brother K-Slay. With the he, Street Wars joint. They they shine he shines in this movie you know and and I'm so happy to have been able to share this opportunity to do like a mixtape film instead of making it about me the impact is a hundred times greater that I'm able to share this little moment with my comrades you know this moment right. with them were there, the were there any were there any stories or is there anything that popped up or any stories that popped up in the mixtape documentary that even surprised you. Mm. Yeah, like because we, you you telling me like yeah. this is how I got fifty MCs done. I just used to book rooms and not even had like that's just so shocking to me. Was there anything like 
you know, any any stories that happened in the mixtape documentary that surprised you? I didn't know the extent of how deep the Who Kid thing got and how they got him and kidnapped him. Literally kidnapped him, bro. And, right. You know, you know, guns everywhere, <laughs> you know? Like, right. I didn't know how intense that was. Like, I heard, like, right. I thought maybe they, like, you know. Roughed him up a little bit. Roughed him up. Maybe they found him somewhere. But they, like, threw him in the van, like, drove off. <laughs> Like a movie. <laughs> I'm listening to this like he he was terrified, buddy. <laughs> right, over some music. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, yo, on the next tape, you better you better say this and that and fuck this one and fuck that. He's like, yo, I'll do whatever, bro. Just get me out of here. <laughs> I you wanna know? go home. <laughs> I wanna go yo, this shit was real, you know? And uh and even Clue, similar story with him and leaking out Biggie records. Right. Clue is hot. A lot of people wanted to get at him. And I had never heard the threats that B.I.G. made on the radio, on like Flex's oh, wow. show. So we got that content, you know. Oh, you actually, yeah. I, damn, this is going to be dope. I can't you hear the threats. See like, Clue, we'll see you, son. <laughs> I was like, how did you even They're find like, this content? Shit got deep, right? Shit got yeah. deep. Yeah, yeah, to have, to have, yeah, to have Gun, direct, guns were drawn. Guns were drawn, bro. For sure. That's crazy, man. All Listen, man, I can't tape. wait to see it, man. Like mixtape, uh, you know what I mean? If y'all, if y'all in Tribeca, New Yorker, or even after this podcast is broadcasted, if you see it anywhere, you can catch yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? You know, God willing, it'll be available be. up on the network, you know, in the next couple of months because uh, we've got a lot of hype and momentum behind this Tribeca thing, and Don't. I think it's exactly what we needed to catapult it to a network to really snatch it up, you know? So Dope, it's been man. a big chess game trying to, to get a placement on it, but it's, yeah, it's not been... like making a mixtape, making a movie about mixtapes. is not as easy as making a mixtape. Challenging, <laughs> man. But no, it's a, an all-star cast of DJs. And then we got like Mike Tyson is in it. Shaq, oh, yes. you know, Mike Rappaport, like people right. you wouldn't even think that was like so into this culture and they wanted to be involved with the film. So yeah. this is great, man. I can't wait Super for y'all to dope, see it. Man. Super dope. Well, Thanks, listen, Toka, I'm not going to hold you, man. Thank you so much, man. Word, man. I Thanks appreciate for you pulling me. up, man. Yo, I'm, I'm sad that we're not going to have these, these wrap-up texts back and forths anymore. But, oh, man. That's you know. crazy. 20 years, though? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's maybe time for something else, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah I'm, I'm, I'm working on some more traditions over here. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? I'm sure you, you'll have something else, too, you know. Yeah, to, you to, know to, me. I keep an ace up the sleeve. I hear you, bye. I love yeah. it, man. I love I it, know. bro. Well, listen, well, man. Tell the people where they can find you at, where they can get you at on your socials. Yeah, we get all, out of here. All the socials is um at DJ Tony Touch, um and the website TonyTouch.com. You can actually get my entire mixtape collection on one USB. Hey. You get and I just converted them now, so now they're all MP3. So gotcha on the hip hop and they're different ones. I got hip hop, I got house, reggae, R and B. You know, I was always one to I was into so many genres. So um, right. I was able to put my whole mixtape collection on the USB sticks now. So you could get them at TonyTouch.com, and uh, you know we 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 moving merch out of out of the out of the website as well. So. Yeah, man. Dope, bro. Come holla at Dope. me. Will do, man. I appreciate you pulling up, bro. Word. Thank you so much. This has been one in the making, man. You know what I'm saying? I know you're a busy guy. 
You know what I mean? We ain't going to hold you, but we had him here, y'all. Tony Touch. Y'all make sure y'all check him out, TonyTouch.com. And this has been Hip Hop Confessions, because everybody got one. Here's a little story that must be told. And it goes a little something like this. this, this, this.